Hi, my name's Hudson, and I'm a geoholic. How you doing, all you geoholics out there? All right, this is Nick Smolowski with another Bad Elf Tech Minute. We're going to deviate a little bit from the standard today, and we're going to talk about some fun mathematics of Christmas as geodesists and surveyors, people that measure the Earth. I found this article online. I did not come up with this, but I thought it would be fun to read through some of the mathematics of Christmas. Okay, so let's assume that Santa only visits those children in the eyes of the law. That is, those under the age of 18. There are roughly 2 billion such individuals in the world. However, Santa started his annual activities long before diversity and equal opportunity became issues. And as a result, at the time, originally calculated, did did not handle Muslims, Hindus, Jewish, or Buddhist children. That reduces his workload significantly to a mere 15% of the total, namely 378 million children. However, the crucial figure is not the number of children, but the number of homes Santa has to visit. According to the most recent census data, the average size of a family in the world is 3.5 children uh, per household. Thus, Santa has to visit roughly 108 million individual homes. Of course, as everyone knows, Santa only visits good children. But we can surely assume that on average, at least one of the three and a half children in each home meets that criteria. Maybe not my home, but maybe yours. That's quite a challenge. However, by traveling east to west, Santa can take advantage of different time zones that give him a total of 24 hours. Santa can complete the job if he averages 1,250 household visits per visit. In other words, for each Christian household with at least one good child, Santa has one 1,250th of a second to park his sleigh, dismount, slide down, the chimney fill stockings, distribute remaining presents under the tree, consume cookies and milk that have been left for him, climb back up the chimney, get back into the sleigh, and move on to the next house. To keep math simple, let's assume that these 108 million stops are evenly distributed around the Earth. That means Santa is faced with a mean distance between households of around 0.75 miles. And the total distance Santa must travel is over 75 million miles. Hence, Santa's sleigh must be moving at 650 miles per second, 3,000 times the speed of sound. Uh, A typical reindeer can run at most 15 miles per hour. That's quite a feat Santa performs each year. So it continues to talk about how heavy the sleigh is and how astronomically difficult it would be to travel that far. But as surveyors, we know uh, how how far it is around the Earth. We, we, We understand this. So I thought it was pretty fun to kind of think through what kind of math it would take Santa to ground the earth to uh, deliver presents to all those good children out there. All right. Hopefully you enjoyed this little deviation. This is Nick with Bad Elf for another uh, Tech Minute. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me at sales at bad-elf.com. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. On your whistling shoes, shoots. Come <laughs> on, man. I, hey, I was just enjoying it. <laughs> Good morning. At least it's morning where we are. One of these uh, early podcasts for us, but definitely excited to have uh, have these guests on today. I uh, I love that song. One of my new favorite bands. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Thank you for listening to episode sixty-two of the G Hawks, a podcast produced by and for Geomatics professionals. And quite honestly, anybody else that'll give us a chance. Shoots, what do we call this one? Uh, the, the, we're getting into the tough numbers. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be a lot of uh, NFL linemen, maybe a couple of hockey players, and that's a. And then we get into wide receivers later. But this one is Jim Langer. Have you guys ever heard I of him? I have no idea who that is. He went undrafted in 1970 out of South Dakota State. Uh, He won two Super Bowls with the Dolphins, including their perfect year in 73. Six-time Pro Bowler, three-time first-team All-Pro, three-time second-team All-Pro, NFL's 1970s All-Decade team, and the Jim Langer Award is presented to the nation's top Division II lineman each year in his honor. Wow, Division II? Yeah. Digging deep. Uh, hey, <laughs> 62 is not a popular number. So if you want to be legendary yeah. and be halfway decent, pick that one. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Or be a receiver. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so ep- episode 61 was a hit. The, uh, oh the returns God. already are just amazing. 
I still can't believe all the uh, the value adding content we packed into that <laughs> one. That was that was a good one. So um, as a result, there will be a Sue 2.0 episode early next year to expand on a number of those items we touched on. So um, what else? Guess what? We're two. If you can believe this, we're two weeks away from our year in review episode. Oh no. Always, always fun. It's going to be tricky. Fun and humbling to reflect on all the guests and experiences we uh, we never really could have imagined from the past year. So I can't wait to share that and everything else. We're lining up for 2021. So, oh, and one other thing I want to mention, if anybody has any ideas for like some new creative swag, some geoholics swag, send us an email at uh, info@thegeoholics.com. We're open to suggestions. All right, so that opening number was by the band The Dead South, the name of the song, appropriately, in Hell, I'll Be in Good Company. Um, so they're, they're considered a gold rush, vibing, four-piece, folk, bluegrass, <laughs> musical ensemble from Saskatchewan. Eh? Oh. They infuse the genre's traditional trappings with an air of frontier recklessness. Whiskey breakfast and grizzled tin pan showmanship. Oh, this man. Is, this, is, this is getting deep. <laughs> Their sound builds That's on a, a taut of... configuration of cello, <laughs> mandolin, banjo, and guitar. Speeds like a train past polite definitions of acoustic music in the grittier, rowdier spaces of the bluegrass world. The 2019 release, Sugar and Joy, is a 2020 Juno Award winner for Traditional Roots Album of the Year. Did you pull that straight off their website or I, Wikipedia? I, or? It was a combination of the two. Okay. Pretty dramatic, though, huh? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I wish <laughs> I had early in the morning? definition. <laughs> we'll make something up for you. <laughs> Christmas is coming. Oh, I can't wait. Let's give a shout-out to our friends of the program who, without, we wouldn't be able to do this. So let's start off with Bad Elf GPS. You can check them out at bad-elf.com. They have developed, we were saying developing, but they have actually developed a low-cost, high-accuracy GPS receiver for all-day data collection. In fact, if you mention that you heard about the Flex receiver on the Geoholics, you will receive $100 off your purchase and a really cool hat, just like the one that Shoots is wearing today. I I wear it regularly. I think I might need to get a replacement because it gets hot in Arizona and I sweat a lot. So (laughs) Thanks for that. That golf course. Uh, Next up, we have Land Surveyors United, the largest global community of geomatics professionals on the internet, and they have over 17,000 members. They also have a new marketplace. Go check that out at landsurveyorsunited.com. Become a member and then also check out the Geoholics app while you're there. Please do. Where did, what did you, oh yeah, I got the LiDAR News. Okay, LiDAR News, (laughs) the virtual home of the LiDAR industry. The LiDAR News team focuses on the application of technology to solve 3D problems. Check them out at LiDARnews.com. Dot com. And then we have Parkland College, the land survey program in Champaign, Illinois. They have two schedule options, which provide opportunities to both traditional and working adults to achieve a certificate or associate's degree in land surveying. Find out more about them at parkland.edu slash surveying. Next, we have Unifly. Scott Ohana and his team have developed a true one-stop UAV shop. Be sure to check them out at unifli.aero. And also be sure to click on the How We Work link to find out more. And then we have Diamondback Land Surveying, Mr. Trent Keenan, specializing in residential, commercial, and public works projects. Their corporate office is located in Las Vegas, but they're licensed to work across the West. They're also proud sponsors and brand ambassadors of Get Kids Into Survey. Find out more about both of those at diamondbacklandsurveying.com and getkidsintosurveying.com. Also, Mr. Keenan is involved with Mentoring Mondays. You can find out more about those at mentoringmondays.xyz. Shameless plug. Dilfy Dilf may or may not be making a guest appearance at an upcoming Mentoring Monday. Uh-oh. Stay tuned for that one. I will make sure to skip that one. Next week, <laughs> Advanced Genetic Surveys. Find them at agsgps.com. They have unbeatable deals on new and used equipment, equipment rentals, and supplies. In fact, if you go to agsgps.com forward slash shop and use promo code GEO15, Guess what? You're going to save 15% off all regular priced supplies, accessories, 
and safety equipment. I felt like you built a little drama there. I liked it. And I, I, I don't know what this drama thing this morning. <laughs> I don't know. It's suspenseful. Because exactly. It's my, my brain is functioning at a much slower pace. It's also, we got Tiger Supplies, the survey and construction and engineering superstore with over 15,000 products. Featuring the top brands such as Leica, Topcon, Spectra, and much more. They'll get you the equipment you need to get the job done right. Use the promo code GEO15 for 15% off with them on any Adair Pro item. Also, check out their YouTube page for product videos, tips, and tricks. One last uh, one last deal here for Geoholics listeners from uh, Cyanic Automation. These guys are doing some awesome stuff for survey companies in Canada and in the U.S. as a result of their friend of the program, Status commitment. Yep, yep. So uh, they are developing new ways to collect daily work records and timesheets in the field, automate invoicing, search jobs by legal addresses, really cool stuff like that. Check out Job Book by going to getjobbook.com. And if you tell them that you heard about it on the Geohawks, they're going to give you not 15. Not 17, but 20% off your first year subscription. I felt a little LeBron-esque. More drama. Not, not three, not four, <laughs> not five. <laughs> All right. Uh, we are actually back in the Beat Lab studio this morning. A um, little bit different uh, perspective here. Some new microphones, so we're kind of getting used to them. Maybe that's the reason I'm talking so slow. I don't know what's going on. You're just distracted. Uh, so, uh, Producer Jake, what's going on with the... With the homestead here, anything new? Am I, am I not seeing anything? Um, just a lot of Christmas going on. Santa's yep. come by a couple of times. Got a nice. few, few presents underneath the tree. Um, yeah, these early morning shows, we like to come over here. It's a little easier. Yep. Um, but yeah, as you can see from the video and probably hopefully hear from the audio, we do have some new microphones. Um, so we have some other things that we have in the books that we want to make happen for 2021, kind of improve our quality and keep the ball rolling and we can, we can thank our friends at the program, our 2020 friends at the program, for letting us leverage that. So thank you to them. And then um, hopefully our 2021 friends at the program as well, I'm sure we'll be announcing soon, um, just helping us expand the outreach and, and provide more high-quality um, recordings here. I like it. It's going to be good. This thing's growing. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yep, exponentially. <laughs> even, even when I look around here at our just what we're using, it's just grown as well. So yep. it's, it's getting serious. Next big purchase is a, a new soundboard. Yeah, that'll be a big one. And that would should hopefully bring some pretty good, um, some sound some fidelity. Yeah. Fidelity. Yeah, yeah, I had to drop that one. How, How many more raises that does means? Jake need? I, I had that one in my back pocket. <laughs> I just had to use it. Oh, man. What do you got, Shoots? What's um, new, buddy? It's bright and early in the morning. So it was chilly this morning, so I shameless plug old Helton. We haven't seen that guy in quite some time. He got a new canning operation. I saw that. Pretty he had cool a stuff. video yeah. of it. And, yep, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, definitely he's making the big time good for him. Uh, we're 10 days away from Christmas, mm. and I have wow. done little to no shopping for the wow. lovely Carrie. So shameless uh, request yeah. if any guests or... Uh, listeners have any ideas for a last minute gift that I can go pick up within like 10 minutes of my house because I'm lazy, send it to info at the geoholics.com. I like it. I like it. Hopefully but, we get some good uh, recommendations there. I was going to say, uh, yeah, Hudson, he's he's fully stocked, but Carrie, uh, you know, it's my responsibility, so it'll be last minute. But yeah, of course. Other than uh, being a little tired this morning, what are you up to? Um... Gosh, let's reflect a little bit. I was in Pine, of course, this past weekend for a couple different reasons. First of all, I'd catch uh, taking some really good pizza. Uh, the old county inn up there has unbelievable pizza and just a really cool atmosphere. Shameless plug or free plug, not free. shameless. Don't get used to Don't it. Don't get used to it. Um, also, listen to some great music. I got a new friend, Austin B. Sweeney. Uh, he was performing at OCI and just did a great job. But the main reason we went up there was to check out the, is it Geminid? Is that how you say that? Talk about the meteor shower? Yeah. I, I think so, yeah. Check out the meteor shower. So Sunday night was supposed to be like the uh, the peak, I guess. And the sky is up there in uh, in Pine. They don't have any of the, the state lights or anything. Yeah. And there's just a gazillion stars. You can see the Milky Way. And uh, it was really freaking awesome. I mean, um, probably saw like, I don't know, 30 meteors maybe and 
just probably in about 20 minutes. I mean, they were saying like at the peak, you were going to be able to see like a hundred every hour. And it was, it was amazing. I've never seen anything like it before. You didn't invite Jake to join you on that. That sounds like something he would I know, be totally I be know. into. I had to one up Jake on something. Oh. Is, there, is this telescope still in the picture? Um, I know you wanted to get one for up there. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it, it probably would be great. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. How many, but you'd probably use it a couple of times for a media shower and then you know, sit in the corner. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. All I know is people were posting on uh, like the Pine Facebook community Facebook page pictures of the meteor shower. I don't know. People must have special cameras to capture stuff like that. I don't know how it works, but super cool. And then my other highlight of the weekend when I was walking, uh, walking Lucy uh, yesterday morning, it was, it was really early, probably about this time, as a matter of fact, right before sunup, I literally came face to face with this monster bull elk. The rack was like just freaking massive. This thing had to weigh 2,000 pounds, and I was probably literally about... 15, 20 feet from it. It was unbelievable. What did it, it scare so cool. it run away after? No, time? those things are like so docile, you know? It's really weird. I mean, just very, very slow moving. And, what did uh, Lucy think? She had to have barked she, at him. Yeah, she did. Yeah. yeah. She was like, what she didn't know what to think. She didn't know what to think. So, yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. Really, really good weekend. So, other than that, let's get on with this safety apparel safety share. Matthew Stansberry has literally developed the best safety vest on the planet, also known as the party chief. Let me just say, you're probably going to kick yourself in the head if you make the mistake of shopping anywhere else for a vest. So be sure to go to safetyapparel.us, buy a vest or 10, and be sure to check out all the Safety Apparel social media platforms for tons of picks and giveaways. What is our Safety Apparel safety share this week, Shoots? I went with Roadside Workplace Safety. Uh, approximately like 130 workers died on roadside construction sites each year. Mm. So safe practices for roadside workers, always wear high visibility apparel, wear PPE such as hard hats and hearing protection, depending on the type of work being done. Be aware of equipment, travel paths, and avoid standing or walking in these areas. Listen for reverse signal alarms in the area. Know where blind spots exist for different types of equipment and never use a cell phone when working around heavy machinery. And the reason I went with that one is because I texted you, I told you, I saw some MCDOT, Maricopa mm. County Department of Transportation guys out there, and they were using everything appropriately, and I got excited. I was like, man, good on them. So I may, uh, may or may not know their boss, so I emailed him and said kudos to those guys. That's awesome. Did he respond? Yeah. He said he'll mention it at their next meeting, and yeah. he appreciated the, the note. It's unfortunate that oh, – one other thing I want to add, I don't think you mentioned it um, – don't wear headphones or like, you know, earbuds or something like that when you're working on the side of the road or anywhere near traffic or any time when you're working honestly with heavy equipment or uh, in a potentially dangerous situation because that's just another distraction that you don't need. Um, but what I was going to say is it's unfortunate that you notice when somebody does a good job because you yeah. see so many people doing bad jobs with, you know, safety and traffic control and stuff like that, especially when it comes to surveyors. So when you see somebody doing it right, you go out of your way to make sure that you let that person know. Yeah. So. And I even mentioned that in the email. I was like, yeah. normally everything is negative. Mm-hmm. So wanted to make sure it was positive. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So let's, uh, let's get on with this. I'm super excited to have our, our two guests with us this morning talking about a uh, really interesting topic that I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to getting into. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves. So, uh, let's go with name, current job, and role, and I kind of like the one from last week. So let's go with, if you could uh, belly up at a pub with a historical figure, who would that be and why? So, Anne, I'm going to let you go first. Okay, thank you. Uh, good morning, everyone. So my name's Anne Allen. I am the Chief Executive Officer for the Chartered Institute of Civil Engineering Surveyors. Uh, so my my job is, as it says, um, I lead that organisation in terms of the the running of the organisation. We have a president as well who sets the strategy for the organisation. Um, in terms of who would I go to the pub with? Um, lots of people I'd like to choose, but I would throw in for this today, um, Nancy Astor. So she was an American but she was also the first lady to take a seat in the House of Commons. Wow. So really was striding forward for, for women. And I think it's thanks to people like her that I'm able to do the job that I do today. Very good. Thank you, Anne. How about you, Lauren? So I'm Lauren Holland. I am an account manager for SCCS part of Hexagon. 
and that basically entitles me supplying companies with equipment from like a geosystems and um, i love it because i get my hands on new technology as soon as it comes out i am um, also sit on the um, edi council for cics and also the 2040 forum and um, if i was to choose someone to go to the pub with i would choose um elizabeth bragg I believe her name is and um, she was the first female engineer to get a degree and um, i think at university of california actually and exactly like Anne said you know I, I would love to sit with her and just sort of see how she paved the way for people like me to to basically become an engineer really good stuff these there. are such thoughtful answers yeah like i'm like ah, <laughs> i'm thinking like jfk just so i could get the dirt on yeah. everything he did yeah, and yeah i was gonna this, say i don't think country i don't and... think last week's episode when we asked this question had such thoughtful <laughs> <Yeah>. answers <laughs> exactly exactly I, I guess there's something to be said about uh women being smarter than men i don't know <laughs> all right so let's set the stage for this the topic of this podcast is uh this is gonna be really interesting cyberbullying. so i'm gonna read some stuff here that i did a little bit of research on. First, let's define what cyberbullying is. Um, it's bullying that takes place over digital devices like cell phones, computers, and tablets. Cyberbullying can occur through SMS, text, and apps, or online and social media forums or gaming where people can view, participate in, or share content. Cyberbullying includes sending, posting, or sharing negative, harmful, false, or mean content about someone else. Shoots, I think you cyberbully me every day. I do, I, via text. <laughs> it can include sharing personal or private information about someone else, causing embarrassment or humiliation. Now I know you do. Mm -hmm. Some cyberbullying crosses the line into unlawful or criminal behavior. Don't get that far. We though. haven't got there yet. No, yet. I like the yet. <laughs> so this is, where, uh, this is where I did a little research. Um, so there is a study entitled... How common is cyberbullying among adults exploring gender, ethnic, and age differences in the prevalence of cyberbullying? The research showed, very interesting, that almost 15% of the participants had ever been a target of cyberbullying. Young adults, 18 to 25 years, experienced the highest level, which I guess makes sense, of mm -hmm. cyberbullying. Um, but substantial lifetime cyberbullying was reported by older age groups as well, including those that are 26 to 35, that'd be 24%, 46 to 55 years old, that's my category, 13%, and even up to, you know, over up to, you know, people 66 years old, they've 6.5% of those folks experienced some form of cyberbullying. So that just blows my mind. This is a bit of an issue. <laughs> um, so you guys were both involved with a, a research article called Unsocial Networking that I want to dig into. Uh, you both played active roles in this, and it was recently published in Civil Engineering Surveyor, which is the monthly journal of the Chartered Institution of Civil Engineering Surveyors. Surveyors and social media um, lay the groundwork on the research of, of, of the article that you guys put together. So Lauren, I'm going to let you start with that one so in terms of the groundwork it all really started from um, someone on instagram basically shut down their account because of they were being bullied and um it became apparent that actually it was quite a common thing and i'm quite active on instagram and i have a block list probably of about 200 it's quite hefty and uh i sort of put up a poll on my instagram and said who here has experienced negative comments or felt like they've ever been cyberbullied and it was like an 80% response <laughs> so um basically obviously we worked with a uh, get kids into survey um i sort of was a representative from the 24 forum um on the cics side and we decided that we need to do something about it as an institution because obviously companies look up to us and engineers and surveyors look up to us and you know for guidance and we should be the people who set the rules and yeah so basically we sort of worked together and put this um questionnaire and we sent it out and uh get kids into survey were great they shared it and i think it went all the way over to america um i believe and there's a few people around the world i think i don't know Anne, if you know much more about where it went but um yeah we had uh quite a lot of responses in total so it was quite yeah it's quite positive but i don't know if there's anything else you want to touch on Anne. there uh, no, I think that was a really good summary because you started it. I only joined the organisation in August and Lauren and the team had kicked this off um, before I joined, but a really interesting piece of work. How many uh, people responded to the survey, just so we can give folks an idea of that number? What are we talking about? 
so we had 231 respondents. Um, we shared it. it. It started off as something for our members only, so we could start to gauge that what was happening with our members. But um, Women in Property then joined as well, and some of their members responded. We also then got asked if we could share it over in the States and over in Australia as well. So we we're beginning to get a general sense of what was happening in the world of surveyors. So was um, it... Cause you... Go ahead. You, you hear a lot in of this um, being issues in, in other areas. So sport in particular, it was a big issue recently in sport, but it was the first time that I'd seen a survey done specifically focusing on our profession. So it, it pretty much focused on, on a group of surveyors, like a, a cross section of the profession. Was that the idea? Yeah, in a way, yeah. Yep. So um, let's talk about some of the key takeaways from, from this effort. Um, First of all, you mentioned a couple different social media platforms. What were, like, what were the most popular social media platforms that were being used by this group? So um, it appeared that it was LinkedIn, um, and then sort of below it was Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I think was last. Um, yeah, it was apparent that it was what you know the most professional platform was actually the one where people were getting cyberbullied the most, which just hmm. surprised me. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, so when, when we're talking, and let's, let's just clarify this, when we're talking about cyberbullying in this case, what was what was the type? Because I know there's different types of, of bullying that takes place via social media. What were some of the types of cyberbullying that people were experiencing or have experienced? It was so it was mainly negative comments, um, negative personal messaging. Um, there was a few that were inappropriate images, but the thing is, is that it was inappropriate content but even though the percentage was low it was still a lot like you know you, you shouldn't expect people mm -hmm. to you, you're out on site posting photos like oh look at this survey i've done today and it's all muddy and it's raining and then someone sends you an inappropriate image because of it it's yeah it's just it was um shocking really um but yeah i think it was basically negative comments mainly especially on the plat like linkedin platform yeah, I mean, where I've seen it, I mean, I don't, I don't think I've necessarily experienced it on, um, or or seen it, I guess, on LinkedIn. But where I have seen it take place, and it seems to be on a regular basis, is on Facebook. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you guys are on Facebook, and there's a particular page called the Field Crew, and there's another spinoff called the Real Field Crew, <laughs> and. It just absolutely blows my mind some of the stuff that gets posted on there by people. And it's kind of just like you were talking about, you know, somebody may post something that they're actually proud of. You know, it might be sketches in a field book or a plat they drew or how much they got done in a day or whatever. And the people just pile on in the comments and put such negativity out there is just it's mind blowing. In and, that. and it seems like once one post, the floodgates are open. Floodgates open. People just, yeah, There's exactly. the one totally guy agree. That, or the woman that starts it, and then everybody's like, boom, we, it's okay now. Totally agree. And the, the, the shame of it is, for example, the field crew, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with that Facebook page, but check it out. Uh, Michael Platt, he's done a great job with that Facebook page. I don't know. He's got like seven or 8,000 members, I think. I mean, so it's a really good resource for surveyors. It's just there's that small percentage that use it as a platform to just be jerks, I swear. And, you know, it's like you hear like party chiefs, you know, just making fun of their instrument operators or instrument operators making fun of their party chiefs or, you know, making fun of the people at the office or whatever. And it's just it's a shame. And, you know, I think we talked about it. I don't know if it was last week or maybe it was the episode before. Um I highly doubt, and I need to look, but I highly doubt there's like an engineering Facebook page where that takes place or an architect's Facebook page where that takes place. I just don't know why surveyors tend to go down that path. What do you think about that, Lauren? I know I kind of rambled there. <laughs> um, no, I, I do. And I just think it's, especially as I've experienced it myself, um, being a female in the field and it's it's even the small comments that uh i'm quite thick skinned so i day i you know sometimes i do take it personally but quite often i don't but even still someone someone will comment saying oh you're you know you're too pretty to get your hands dirty or you're just posing for a photo 
And I think I worked so hard to get here. Like, how dare you turn around and say to me, oh, you, you shouldn't get your fingers, like, you know, your nails are painted. And it's just, it's one of those things where I just think, but what, why? Like, you know, if it's if it's not nice or constructive, don't say it. And people are entitled to their opinion. And if they turn around mm-hmm. and said, oh, I think that your tripod's set up incorrectly, then okay, that's their opinion. And maybe, you know, maybe I say, oh, what would you suggest? But when it's comments that are just completely negative, um, I just say, yeah, just just don't say it. <laughs> but yeah, that's a shame. Um, so you mentioned it there. You know what? Let's talk about cyberbullying based on you know gender or race or ethnicity. Uh, Andy, you have anything you'd like to add to that? Well, it was quite interesting in the um, survey was that there wasn't the the big gender difference that I was expecting. Um, so it is something which is being experienced across the profession. It was something like about 27% of respondents who were feeling that they were impacted in some way by cyberbullying. Um, I was expecting it to have a bigger differentiator in terms of gender, and that wasn't there. So that that's worth noting. Um, ethnicity, we didn't really measure that it that in terms of our survey so i wouldn't want to make assumptions around that but in each case it's we we have such an opportunity through social media to really have informed debates about our profession our profession is changing so quickly and it, social media is a great way of informing those debates and you know people have different views and everyone's entitled to have different views but that Developing it so it's a positive tool as opposed to something which is impacting negatively on people's own individual esteem is something that I really think we need to take time on. And so what, I mean, like I said, on, on, on these Facebook pages, it's just, it's such a black eye on the, on the profession, in my opinion. You know, there's just, there's just no, no space for it. But like you say, you know, everybody does have an opinion and they're entitled to it. It's just unfortunate they have to air those opinions, let's say. Well, the way Lauren said it is, you know, if, if you see something wrong or something like that, okay, suggest it. Yeah. And then, you know, build something out of it. And, mm-hmm. and to just be hateful, why do you have to go out of your way to do that? Do you have that much time on your hands and well, that much hate inside of you? That's a great question. I mean, what do you guys think? Um, I mean, is there these people that are, are doing this this bowling, do you think there's like a, a common personality trait? I mean, what are what are their what's the motivation behind it, Lauren? Um, I I think that it's difficult to word. So I think it's a lot of people who are a bit set in their ways, for example. So, you know, even when I walk onto site and, and someone turns around and sort of gives you a look, it's because they're not used to seeing females on site, for example, and, you know, per, like personal experience. So therefore, if suddenly they see it on social media and in their head they think well, you don't belong there, then they're going to say it. And they're the people that just will not change. Um, and they're the ones who sort of will comment on things like that like your appearance and and especially in terms of experience like with age for example is oh you're young you don't know what you're doing I'm going to comment and you know blah blah because I know better because I've been in the industry for 50 more years than you have um and I think it's those people that just have very strong opinions Mm -hmm. who aren't willing to change uh and they're the ones that I find because even when you comment below to try and try and you know sort of change their their view they just snap instantly and then you're just feeding the fire and you just think, Do you know what, I'm not even going to bother because they're never going to change their opinion. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I think it's, it is a piece, a bit of a societal issue. Great. So we have, um, if you look across society and you will see this in the States as much as we are over here, there, there is a lot of, there's, people have more extreme views. And feel that they have a right to express them. So, whereas maybe a few years ago we would have shaped the debate slightly differently, um, put it in a in a way whereby it enables people to listen. Now it tends to be quite dogmatic in the way that it's put, and I and I think that is an issue. Um, it, the the issues of feeling that of some people feeling that certain genders, that certain ethnicities, shouldn't be on 
construction sites that's one we've been dealing with for so many years and it just makes me disappointed really that um i, I experienced it 35 years ago and lauren is still experiencing it today but we are getting more women into the profession we are getting a greater diversity into the profession and i think we just have to focus on keeping going with that um, and continuing to share that message around if we want a talented profession then it has to be a diverse profession and it's actually good for our, for the bottom line it, it makes economic sense if you're running businesses you actually want that diversity yeah, all good points. And you touched on the fact that it's a, a societal thing, and I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, here in our country, where the the leader of our country is basically cyberbullying every single day. He's, he's not bullying bring, the country. Not to bring politics into it, but, I mean, if, if that guy is doing it, it's almost like, okay, well, if he can do it, I can surely do this type thing, you know, unfortunately. but I just want him to learn how to turn off the caps lock. Yeah. <laughs> he's trying to stress his point. I, uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> we'll see. That. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's move on to like if you, responsibilities that the that employers may have when it comes to cyberbullying. Because I mean, like if I saw one of my employees posting stuff on said Facebook page, a for said Facebook page, and it was negative and you know degrading or whatever, I mean, I would definitely pull that person aside and be like, "Hey, what's going on here?" Do you guys think that employers have any responsibility in this issue at all? And uh, Anne, I'll let you go first. Yes, yeah, so I think they do. I think they have responsibilities in two ways. Um, one is absolutely the the disciplinary policies. Um, most companies have social media policies now in terms of managing some of this and disciplinary policies need to be aligned completely to that. And if there is something is put on social media, then it should be addressed in the same way as if somebody says something inappropriate in the office space in a meeting, you deal with it. So they absolutely have a responsibility there. But I also think there's a responsibility around supporting those members of staff who may be impacted by um, bullying, cyberbullying. And, and I think that's in two ways. It's firstly in terms of supporting them when they receive those negative comments. But there's also a piece about building resilience. So to be successful in, in most businesses, you actually do have to develop that slightly thicker skin, you have to develop a resilience and you have to learn to separate what is being said about you versus what's being said about what you're trying to do, trying to deliver, etc. And it takes it takes some learning. It's it's not natural. So mm. the employer has to support in that way as well. Totally agreed. Lauren, do you have anything else to add? Yeah, I think it's, it's a slightly difficult one as well, because at the end of the day, my employer doesn't ask me to post on social media we have policies um but at the end of the day what i choose to post if i post something that is inappropriate and i get there's a backlash for it then that's my responsibility but then i've gone against the guidelines um but at the same time you know if someone if i post something that's completely literally like i said before just me on site and someone comments below it they've got their name and their company and we've had experience before where someone um i think they're part of rick or something put on um like a really negative comment and basically it says everything there and they're tied to an institution it's the same for us like you know once we've released this as a policy and someone gets caught and they've got that next to their name then basically that's them saying oh well we've gone against all policies and you know that's they need to their membership needs to go in for review mm. so it's very much and that's where the employer can come in and support them because i could turn around and say oh actually they're our client or um you know, and they've just said this to me and we know who they work for. So therefore we can call them up and say, look, like one of your employers has just um, employees has just commented this on a post. Um, but that that comes from the help of the employer. So, yeah, I think uh, it's needed. So I, w I would say that as as professionals, um, it's also our individual responsibility to hold ourselves accountable. Um, do you think that's too much to ask of folks or do you, do you think that's part of the solution? <laughs> well, you'd think that it'd be part of the solution, but this is one of the reasons why we, we've done this is because it, um, companies that don't have a social media policy can now look up to us as an institution and follow that and follow those guidelines and pass that down to 
people that work for them so that therefore going forward hopefully you would think that they wouldn't post things like that and if they did um then basically they can say look like we have this you you haven't abided by it obviously if it's something that's affected you quite badly then we'll have a look at it but at the end of the day it is down to them what they post so totally agree she have some shoes? No, I'm just listening. I uh, good stuff here. I, eh? I, you know, Carrie is a former high school teacher, yeah. and I know earlier you were saying the age groups, and you didn't even mention you know the high school age. I know it's a huge deal. That's just about a hundred percent. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say that one. I I can't even imagine what that is. We're talking about professionals. Yeah, and and how bad it is. I. <laughs> the gloves are off when you're in high school and yeah. kids and it's it's crazy of just uh how much of a a brain yep mess up i don't yeah. want to use the bad word but <laughs> yeah well i mean obviously it, it revolves around technology you yeah. know and, and social media and having access to this and kids have access to this at 10 years old and in some cases even younger so yeah well especially now with with the pandemic and the world being shut down you yep. know even hudson seven years old he's on his computer all day yep. and granted there's always a teacher around so it's not necessarily bullying but he's got an email address and everything at seven years old yep and kids are freaking ruthless oh yes absolutely ruthless but that but, was we used to do that on the playground yeah but then you go home and it's done now it's just relentless you just showed your age of their shoes uh, hey you used to I'm play not, on a playground? I do. I, st that? I still do. <laughs> I have a child now, so. Uh, all right, let's move on. Um, so we talked about, I guess, more personal cyberbullying. I just want to touch on, you know, a business or professional cyberbullying. And this is kind of more of a, a sophisticated attack, maybe. You know, um, we mentioned our leader. So let's talk about fake news and how reviews can, well, I mean, even like, just like, you know, fake targeted reviews can affect a business's bottom line. Um, and touch on that a little bit. So that's not something that we really looked at in terms of this survey, but clearly it's a challenge for any business. And in terms of our membership, it will be a challenge for everything that they do. Um, particularly when, as you've mentioned a number of times, we're talking about professionals here. So anything that impacts on your professional reputation mm -hmm is bound to have um, a, a negative side. And ultimately that, that impacts on what work you do, what work you secure and how many people you can employ. So it's something that has to be looked at really seriously. Yep, exactly. Uh, Lauren, do you have anything to add? No, I think I agree, Van. It's something that we, we didn't touch on. Um, we sort of touched on it on a more, per more personal individual level. Um, but I do think that's something that in the future could be looked at and should be assessed really yeah and it'd probably be a tough one to to really get to the bottom of but you know i look at it from like a restaurant's perspective like a yelp you know review. yeah like a yelp review and of course there are yelp reviews for surveyors and stuff like that mm -hmm. and i mean obviously you don't you're only as good as your last client i guess when it comes to that stuff you're only as good as your last meal at a restaurant but if people have an, a vendetta or a, i don't know just uh a even, plan even or even if it's just your competition yeah they could yeah oh yeah put that yeah. up there and exactly. they're, they're sabotaging you yeah it'd be and very interesting how do they vet those things that's how could you i know that's that's the tricky part of that so you're really just kind of yeah playing it by ear and shooting from the hip when you read that stuff and yeah yeah i personally when i read reviews i like to go with the five star ones and then i try to ignore the one star ones because 99 percent of the time it's like this one-off experience that somebody's just really upset about yeah unless you're cam ashley no I, yeah, there was there was another one I, I did see that you had one recently about uh you know some and then i sent it to carrie and she was like what do you want wood paneling for and then she was like oh now i see what it uh, he's yeah. a crook i guess i was a cyber bully <laughs> you have been for a while with that guy so I, i'm curious so you guys put a lot of work into, you know, this research. What, what was your, what was your motivation? What was the true motivation to start to dig deeper into this issue, which I'm sure can go even further, but what, what was your motivation, Lauren? Um, well, for me, it's, it's mainly the, well, the skills gap. I mean, well, starting obviously it's horrible. Um, I've experienced it and it's, it's really horrible. And I've taken breaks before my social media cause I'm just like so done with it. 
Um, but for me as well is I'm really passionate about getting the next generation into the industry and how on earth are they going to join an industry where they go onto Facebook? Because at the end of the day, these, these, the next generation coming up, they're all techie on their phones. If they think, Oh, I want to be a surveyor or I don't know, they'll, they'll type it in and they'll Google it. They'll go on Facebook, they'll go on Instagram. If they go on there and see a post and think, oh, that person looks like me. I didn't know I could do that job when I can. They look at the comments beneath it and they're all negative or, you know, there's some really hurtful comments. Do you really think that they're going to join an industry where they're going to get scrutinized for something like that? No. Um, and I think it's something that is always going to be hard to regulate. Like, you know, people are entitled to say what they want. But it just comes down to teaching people what's right and wrong and how to report a comment, you know, record it, report it, especially do it in the right way. And then they just get removed and basically then, you know, they're, they're eliminated and it's all about supporting people in basically in those photos. So for me, that was my biggest passion because I, you know, I really, really want the next generation to come up and to be part of this amazing industry. Um, so that was de definitely my main motivations for sure. And something you touched on there that I just want to expand on just a little bit is, and it could be tied back to mentoring, honestly. I mean, mm -hmm. let's face it, a lot of this cyberbullying is happening from or coming from folks that work out in the field, you mm -hmm. know. And let's say, you know, these party chiefs didn't, didn't have a good mentor to show them how to be a professional and how to treat people and how to, you know, elevate the profession while they're just going to continue to go down a bad path and, they don't know any difference, so then they think that they can act that way and it's perfectly acceptable. Um, so what do you think about that, Anne? Do you think mentoring could play a role in the solution? Um, yes, so I think mentoring is mentoring is one of the most fundamental um, opportunities we have in terms of development of individuals. I just think mentoring is fantastic. And I think getting putting the right mentoring in place, both in terms of supporting people who have been cyber bullies and helping them change their behaviors and supporting those who've had suffered the impact of it. But, you know, for, for people throughout their careers, having great mentors can make such a difference. I was thinking about what Lauren was saying about, you know, getting into this profession and saying, oh, you can't do it, you can't do it, and all the negativity and everything. Mm -hmm. Going back to our original question with them of who they'd go to the pub with, can you imagine those ladies that they mentioned? Oh, if gosh. they had social media back then, <laughs> oh, the man. beating they would have taken. Wow. So that, that, that just crossed my mind, and I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. Hopefully we're at least not that bad anymore. Yeah. Um, so for both you guys, knowing what you know now, are there any different or follow-up questions you would like to ask the people that were part of your survey we'll start with Anne. so i think when we go back i think it is actually about um more, more detail about what people think we can do to improve the situation and some questions around how we can use social media positively um what what do people need to make sure that they can really get the most out of social media I like that response a lot because mm -hmm. that's just basically taking the negative and turning it around and figuring out, you know, showing people how positive um, social media, the positive effect that it could have on, on the profession. There's a whole lot of possibility that is just wasted with social media. Yeah, no question. What about you, Lauren? Um, yeah, I think what we touched on earlier about asking them um, about fake reviews uh, and companies as a whole, really, in terms of if, if it's an issue and same you know ways that we can regulate it basically and yeah like Anne said I think it'd be good to find more out about how they think what we can do because obviously we asked the question and they sort of said policies and um, which we're gonna we are going to do but I think there there is a lot more that could be done with it so it'd be good to find out what people think about that and I, I don't think people realize how the effect that cyberbullying can have on people. We haven't really touched on that, but I mean, you hear all the time about, I mean, you hate to talk about it, but people like, you know, committing suicide and stuff like that. And you come to find out they've been cyberbullied for, you know, who knows how long. Um, gosh. Between cyberbullying and our conversation a year ago with Carl, it's mental health. Yep. And, you know, people don't 
necessarily yeah, you, you put those two together and you're not going to get the best result yeah you know? people and people don't talk about either of those that's the tricky part mm-hmm. of they kind of have that shame or stigma yep. attached to them that yep. they're afraid to reach yep. out to anybody well their pride gets in the way and next thing you know bad things happen pride and surveyors never, never no gosh it doesn't <laughs> exist doesn't exist um well i'll tell you what i mean uh, shoot you got anything else you want to add to this conversation no i you know i i really enjoyed this episode with you guys thank you for coming on and uh this is it's a real issue mm. that just is not brought up so uh whether it's with surveying and beyond it's it's really important to just kind of bring it to light and i hope if in any way we can help somebody reach out to us if you need it. Yep. And, uh, I mean, I can't tell you how much, uh, I appreciate you guys being here and the, the effort that you've put in to, to this research. And I look forward to seeing what else comes out of it. Um, you know, here in the future, is there anything else that maybe we haven't touched on that you'd like to get out there? Uh, and I'll start with you. Uh, I would simply come back to say that whilst we've spent the last 20 minutes or so focusing on the bullying, Social media can be positive as well, and you know I, I would still encourage people to use social media because I think we need it as a way of sharing ideas. I like Anne's optimism. I'm going to take that into my day this morning. <laughs> <laughs> At value, make friends. Exactly. Uh, Lauren, how about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I totally agree with Anne. I, I actually don't think I'd be where I am today without social media. In all honesty. Um, I've got such a community and such a support bubble and system. It's it's unbelievable, really. I mean, yeah, it, you do get horrible comments, but I get a 90 more nice comments to that one horrible one. So totally agree. And I think um, one thing I think I'd like people to take away from it is just don't stand for it, report it, record it. Um, you know, if you've got nothing nice to say, just don't say it. Um, and just talk about it. And, you know, you can find all of us on social media and you can read about CICS and our policies. And I just think reach out if you've experienced it. And yeah, that, that's the main thing really. So, I literally told my seven-year-old this yesterday. Mm-hmm. The golden rule, treat others how you want to be treated. Bingo. It's that simple. It really is. It really is. Um, for some folks, easier said than done, unfortunately. Oh, absolutely. And, <laughs> but we're going to work on those folks. Well, and to, to expand on Lauren's point, don't focus on that one. Focus on the other ones. But I know yep. it's tricky because that one sticks out. Yep. Mm-hmm. You, yep. Yeah, you can get one negative and a hundred positive, and you're going to stare at the negative one all day long. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it, it just washes out all the other ones. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I, that's about it, I believe, if you guys don't have anything else. What do you usually say? Let's put a bow on this one, boys. Uh, I think we'll go with mission accomplished. All right. I like it. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, thank you guys again for spending the time with us. Hopefully you come back. We'd love to have you as uh, the, the research continues on. And, uh, yeah, don't stop what you're doing. It's a, it's a great effort. Um, please be sure to check us out at thegeaholics.com. Follow us on all reputable social media outlets by searching for The Geaholics, of course. And download all of our podcasts from Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify. As Shoots mentioned earlier, don't forget to download the new and improved Geaholics app from Lanceveres United. Email us at info at the Geoholics if you're interested in being a friend of the program or a guest on a future show. Booking into f- March already, if you can believe that. Last but not least, please don't forget to support our friends of the program every chance you get. Um, they've put a lot of support into us, and hopefully our listeners are doing the same for them. You get the VIP treatment if you mention the Geoholics. <laughs> Pay it forward. Add value. Make friends. The Dead South. In hell, I'll be in good company. Available everywhere. Until next time, be safe and healthy, everyone. All right, once again, thank you to our friends of the program, Bad Elf GPS. Find them at bad-elf.com. Land Surveyors United, landsurveyorsunited.com. LIDAR News at lidarnews.com. Parkland College Land Survey Program, parkland.edu slash surveying. Unifly, U-N-I-F-L-I dot A-E-R-O. Diamondback Land Surveying at diamondbacklandsurveying.com. Advanced Geodetic Surveys at agsgps.com. Tiger Supplies at tigersupplies.com. Cyanic Automation at getjobbook.com. Safety Apparel, you can find them at safetyapparel.us. And finally, Get Kids Into Survey at getkidsintosurvey.com.